yeah. <laughs> the biggest screen. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, if I if I didn't have the iPad, I would have been really regretting not getting the Pro, or the Max, rather, because, like, mm. I would be watching everything on that. But I, I watch everything on an iPad, so it's like, eh, who cares? Like, I don't watch anything on my phone. thinking about selling my um, iPad Mini, because I found, now that Brittany has uh, replaced my old iPad Pro, which I was not using because of battery issues, because it's about four years mm-hmm. old now, <laughs> I have the 12 Pro Max phone. And then this iPad Air, and then I have an iPad Mini, and we're talking about the margins in between those it's two. It's basically devices. an iPhone. I'm I, like, mean, I should probably, <laughs> I should probably sell yeah. this because it's. Like, yeah. At what point am I going to hit that sweet spot of like, mm, no, too small, oh, too big? <laughs> yeah. no, just okay, right Goldilocks. Easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which screen do I want today? I have nine <laughs> different sizes. Which one is just right? <laughs> I mean, right now I am currently... I have five screens in front of me on the desk here, which is overkill. A little bit. Unnecessary. A little bit. But comforting. Yes. Comforting. No, I, I totally get it. You are preaching to the choir. All right. Let's get into Unfaithful. All right. We nerded out a little bit. Talked about all of our various uh, Apple products. And uh, now we go back to uh, old-timey romance back in 2002, <laughs> uh, where <laughs> I guess one could get away with an affair. There was no fine my, there was no uh, checking in to places. It was right on the cusp of you could just have an afternoon where you sort of drift away and uh, have sex with a uh, moderately attractive Frenchman. <laughs> the the good old days, Mike. Yes, absolutely. I just want to say, though... I didn't know which direction you would take that. I just calling me a nerd, <laughs> calling me out for calling him moderately attractive. I didn't know what you would jump on first. I was giving you so many yeah, targets well, there. Well, what I keep getting stuck on is we keep switching what we're supposed to be doing on this show. Like, I started off uh, hmm. with the apartment, something very light, even though there's an attempted suicide, right. but still like a very enjoyable yes. movie. And mm-hmm. usually I was going to be like, no, no, I'm going to bring in the very serious films. And you bring in the mm-hmm. Oscar-nominated Diane Lane from Unfaithful. Uh, mm-hmm. So I find mm-hmm. it interesting. Although I, I'm not sure this is your standard Oscar fare. Uh, especially if you look at the director's previous work, this is not exactly something that usually gets recognized. And I think, and I was wondering as I was watching this, do you think that's just due to Diane Lane, like, you know, making the material better? Or was it just here? Was 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 this so great that if you had a good actress playing this role, you know, she was destined for awards greatness. Or is Diane Lane just that great? I brought muffins. Do you, do you want a bit of motto? What is this music? Do you like it? Yes. Do you want to dance? Now? Yeah. Okay. I have to warn you, I tend to leave. Of course, you're American. 
I've done this before. Uh, what? How many girlfriends have you had? Um, two. Really? Would I lie to you? I don't know, would you? I'm going to not go either way there. I'm just going to go really crass. Uh, and while I'm being crass, could you do me the uh, the, the honor? Because I forgot that she was nominated for this. When you said that, I'm like, what are you talking yeah. about? Uh, could you please pull up what were the other nominees for, I guess, the uh, films of 2002? Because it does seem like an odd choice. It does. I will do that for you. The crass part of me? <laughs> I think that awards voters and critics really, really watch this. And for the most part, for the two-hour runtime, they're thinking, I'd really like to fuck Diane Lane. <laughs> I mean, which is fair. That's pretty much my thought for the two hours of this runtime, so I get it. Is that a knock against the film? No, because it's an erotic thriller. That's It is you know, what we sort of have lamented before. It's uh, promoting uh, the fun and the thrill of not only sex, but sex on screen with beautiful, beautiful people. Right. I, I am also not knocking Diane Lane's performance, but I, I do find it surprising. I do too. That it's an Academy Award nominated role. I do too. I think it's a great. I do think it's a great performance. I think it's tremendous. But here are the other nominees uh, for Best Actress that year. So we have Renee Zellweger in Chicago. Uh, your favorite, yeah. Julianne Moore in Far From Heaven. Obviously, Diane Lane from great. Unfaithful. Salma Hayek from Frida. And then the winner... I don't think I ever saw oh, that. It's, it's good. It's pretty good. Um, and the winner was Nicole Kidman from The Hours, playing Virginia Woolf. You take a beautiful actress, you, oh, you put a fake nose on her, the you nose. ugly her up a little bit, and <laughs> Oscar gold, baby. So it is... I mean, I wouldn't say it's a weak year. Um, it looks pretty strong to me. Um, but I don't know, you know, what else was missing. Do you feel like Diane Lane, was she the spot where someone got snubbed? Whatever the surprise I guarantee was you someone was mad. Someone was mad that Diane Lane stuck okay. in there, but I'm not after watching this movie. Uh, so. <laughs> Alright, so I have to I have to defend myself a little bit. So you're accusing me of being uh elitist mm. on this new uh new show that we're putting out there in the world, and I'm supposed to be the everyman. That's right. Uh I, I find it weird <laughs> that I'm being accused of being elitist and uh the Oscars, I guess, are backing up your argument with their absurd <laughs> uh nomination here. I I'm love how you got from not knocking Diane Lane to calling her nomination absurd. <laughs> <laughs> that was quick. I'm, I'm, I'm a turncoat. It depends on you know if you're on my side on the or not. I'm, you ask. I'm a I'm true. a I'm, I'm a cat backed into a corner yes. where I, I'll I'll start scratching. You know, I'll bring out the claws. Um, to to my uh, point, this has a fifty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. This was not like. Like something like Get Out is genre fair, 
but is like what like ninety eight percent thing around tomatoes yeah. is like heralded mm-hmm. as a classic. So I mean, sometimes the the genre movies do break out in that way and have something more on their mind. I don't think the intent here. Uh, while I find this movie very entertaining, there's a reason I selected it and I wanted to go back and rewatch it. Uh, I don't feel like <laughs> they have bigger ideas no, in mind other than he, here's a somewhat titillating, somewhat thrilling character drama. Uh, when you get into the marriage aspect of it between Richard Gere and Diane Lane, uh, that, you know, it was released in May, 2002 summer popcorn season and the critics pretty much, Going back to my other argument that they have uh, aspirations of coupling up with Diane Lane. Uh, all the negative ones are like, yeah, this is trash. This is boring. Does nothing new. That Diane Lane, though, <laughs> yes. pretty interesting. I mean, I knew, <laughs> I knew it was in for something from, like, basically the first moment of this movie. I mean, granted, I knew it's, you know, a movie with Diane Lane where she cheats on her husband. That's kind of all I knew about this movie. But the, like... The wind sequence, which is like maybe five minutes mm. into the movie, I was like, oh, you want to talk about the male gaze in movies, man. Uh, we have not been mm-hmm. here for a while. This is, I mean, it's like, you know, mm-hmm. some panty shots, you know, the legs being very focused on in the sequence. The good old days. It was just like, oh, wow. And it, it, it kind of struck me, like we've talked about this, how, you know, in a lot of ways, these movies have gone by the wayside. There's actually like a lot of younger cinema viewers who are like anti-sex. Uh, and that was my first, yes. my first reaction to this movie was like, oh man, young film Twitter must hate this movie. Cause like everyone in this movie is hot and most of them are having sex at one point or another. So of course, I think it, this is a five star movie. This is fantastic. This is exactly <laughs> what I want from, from, this is exactly what I want from a recommendation from Mike. Like, this is exactly what it should be. It's, like, crowd-pleasing. It's fun. It's sexy. They go for it. It's violent. Like, I'm just like, yeah, this is this is exactly... Like, if I had to pick a movie <laughs> that you have recommended to me that I was like, oh, this this fits Mike's, Mike's style, Unfaithful might be at the top of the list. Like, this really, this really hits all those marks. And, you know, kind of talking about the Oscar aspect of it, I guarantee you no one was more surprised than Diane Lane to get an Oscar nomination for this. I don't think this is what she was going for. There is like one scene in particular that I was like, oh, wow, she's really doing great work here. And a lot of those reviews you've mentioned kind of talked about it. It's when she's like on the subway or on the train on the way back from her first tryst with this, as you called him, moderately attractive <laughs> Frenchman. Um, and she's kind of vacillating between the kind of enjoyment of the moment and the guilt and you see it all on her face. And it's like, it's kind of a tour de force moment. Like it's, it could very easily go over the top. And I think if you have a less talented actress, it's like, okay, no one, no one on this train would want to sit anywhere close to this woman. Cause she has clearly lost her mind, but she is like, just it could be a little right. twitchy. Yeah. It could be yeah. a little too actorly. Exactly. In that moment. Exactly. Yeah, I, I agree with that there. Yeah. Um, apparently a bit of trivia about that was that they just basically said, uh, direct yourself. Uh, Diane Lane, uh, just do whatever you want. React to whatever just happened the way mm. you feel the character would react. And they just did one take, like of just her various, you know, I say mugging in the sense that if you're just watching a good it way. without it being cut yeah. together, yeah. it would just look like mugging. Yes. Uh, and then I guess that's where Adrian Line comes in. And it's up to the choices they make on how to present those sort of mm-hmm. uh, various reactions, the 180s you get in that scene. Uh, on that note, which I guess I should take as a compliment, that this is the uh, the Mike special uh-huh. on a, a recommendation. Uh, I would say that you 
maybe surprised by that if you have not been a long time listener. Uh, although if you listen to, I think maybe a half an episode, you're like, oh, this is the type of movie that Mike. <laughs> the wants. sex movie, yes. Uh, but you, <laughs> someone that's uh, also moderately more famous than me, the director Adrian Lyne, uh, I don't think you'd be surprised <laughs> if you knew that this was the filmmaker. And I'm sure in the marketing they were saying from the director of Fatal Attraction, Indecent Proposal, Flashdance. Mm-hmm. He likes sexy people mm-hmm. on screen. And not only that, not so much with Flashdance, but with the other two, uh, he likes sex being sort of weaponized in uh-huh. a way, a wedge between people. And that's why I think that, like someone like Glenn Close, who I do believe was nominated, right? Yeah, I think that's Attraction, right. Yeah. That's one I guess. That's one I understand because it's, and at this point, it's certainly an iconic role, an iconic character that she created there. But, you know, uh, Diane Lane is somewhere, she's not quite Glenn Close in Fatal Attraction, but she's substantially better than Demi Moore in Indecent (laughs) Proposal, which, (laughs) shout out to my um, uh, recently uh, deceased uh, dog, Brody, who strangely loved Demi Moore. Anytime (laughs) I'm watching a movie and Demi Moore was in it, he became very... Very aware, and I don't really understand. Huh. I don't want to get obscene. There was no no lipstick coming out, but he just became <laughs> hyper focused on the screen. So that would probably insult him. Uh, love that dog. So here are some of the things you're you're talking about. The um, well, I don't know what we would call the modern terminology. Like there's uh, obviously like in some films uh, and some that I've watched recently, I'm, I'm doing a boomerang on Marcus uh-huh. played, which is a, uh, my co-host Hiro. That's a special that of his. Sounds right. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the issues I have with the overall liked it more than I'll let on when I have that conversation with him. Cause I don't want to give <laughs> talk him, about the bike uh, special. That's... <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I can be withholding that way. <laughs> yes. Yes. I see you. Um, <laughs> In that film, while I, I liked it more than I anticipated, it's early 90s, it's Eddie Murphy, it's a sex comedy, that's all good, but the uh, the bro scenes, you know, which is so common in these type of, those particular rom-coms where you get to see the, what do the men think about the shenanigans going on in their, their personal sex lives, uh, there's quite a bit of sort of gay panic. Oh, yeah. Like, unnecessarily in those conversations. I don't know what you would call what you're referring to. This just sex panic, blaze of, like, of just oh god, sexual panic oh no. of any sort. <laughs> but I found a review that kind of touches on this, and it's not a modern one. This is going back to uh, um, the time of its release. It's from the Toronto Star, and just the little splat headline says, "Plays like something that's been cry- cryogenically preserved since the AIDS hysteria heyday of about 1987." What? And I, I'm thinking. I don't. I don't think the issue here is that uh, people are afraid of sex. Uh, I think <laughs> the issue here is regifting. That's the problem. Regifting. That's the, that's the <laughs> How dare you here. give that snow globe away? <laughs> I did have a moment in this where I was like, yeah, "It's the only. It's the only moment really, <laughs> Diane Lane, where I'm like, what are you?'" Come on, this is a rookie mistake. You don't you don't take something from your house. Okay. So I had the awkward conversation with my my wife. And I'm like, so you cheat on me. Let's say. And she's like, hold on. And I'm like, no, no, I'll just like, go well, with this it. Is starting, but okay. Moderately attractive Frenchman. I'm like, does it ever cross your mind to re-gift a snow globe that I doubt this Frenchman really cares about, other than like, oh, 
thank you. Uh, and also thank you for the sex, Diane Lane, more importantly. But the snow globe's cool, yes. too. I mean, I get it. It's like it shows a windy day. It's how they met. It's very sweet, but like... Ugh. But it was a gift from her husband. Yeah, that's... She, and so she just takes it out of the house and is like, I don't have time to <laughs> shut. It's insulting to both parties. Right, right. It's, it's deeply disturbing and insulting to her husband. But it's also insulting to the man that she's having the affair with that I can't be bothered to think of anything. So I just wandered through my living room and I'm like, that, that works. That reminds me of him. That's fine. Good enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which becomes... Um, Spoiler alert. So if you've not followed up to this point, I guess now we would enter into spoiler yeah, territory. You should watch this movie. I will just say, like, it's a lot of fun. This is a movie that you can – and it's – you know, we talk a lot on our various shows about, like, a lot of movies that kind of – you know, even if they're great, feel like, okay, I got to, like, buckle down. Like, this is work. I got to really focus. This is not that kind of movie. This is just, like, a really fun – like, it's half, you know, a sex movie and then half a – you know, as we're going to get to, spoiler right now, half a murder mystery uh, <laughs> that goes on. And it's all like, I'm not going to say like, it's not a light movie, certainly, but it is a crowd pleaser. And you're like, I think it's very easy to engage with it. Um, so yeah, it's it's good fun. So to go go back to the Toronto Star, and if you do have interest in it, it is streaming on HBO, yeah. which we have been... A little preview of our uh, next selection. We're just on the HBO Max yeah. shareholder train, yeah. apparently. But so that Toronto Star review that's talking about this like sort of fear of sex. Do you believe that's the turn that happens? Because my wife had never seen this, and so she was not expecting this to turn into a a, a murder. Neither was I. Quasi. Neither was I. I was shocked. I okay. thought like basically the whole movie was going to be the first half, and then something not. Like what happened, but something bad would happen. The husband were to find out, and they gotta like, you know, work it out one way or another. But like when this movie turns, I was like, "What?" And I was like, "There's still like an hour left of this. <laughs> like, where are we mm -hmm. going from here?" And I honestly thought, I thought it would disappoint me hmm. because I was like, "Oh, well, I was like, I thought this was gonna be like a full on like nine and a half weeks. Like, we're just gonna go for it for basically the whole runtime." And I was like, "Oh, now we're focusing on the husband stuff. I guess." Ugh. What happened? What did you do? Did you hurt him? Huh? Edward? Did you hurt him? You did, didn't you? Jesus, Edward. Talk to me. Tell me what you did. You tell me what you did. How you fucked him over and over and over. You lied to me over and over and over. Edward, please. No, you don't talk to me now. I gave everything for this family. Everything. And what did you do? You threw it all away. The fucking kid. You didn't think I'd know. I wouldn't feel it. I knew it from the very first day. Because I know you, Connie. I know you, and I fucking hate you. 
I didn't want to kill him. I wanted to kill you. Like Forty-five to fifty minutes left of this. Like, uh, how are we gonna stretch this out? Oh uh, but God. you know, it's, uh, so you're saying your wife, your wife didn't know that turn either. Didn't know the turn. Um, I think it had the. Uh, you know, sometimes you can introduce something that late in the game, and like you're saying, if you've been enjoying it up to that point. It can be a turnoff. It yeah. can be time to check out for the audience. Like, oh, I didn't sign up for that aspect of it. Um, <laughs> another, we, we talked about From Dust Till Dawn recently on Sober Cinema, mm. another show I do. And that one, I don't think, falls into this exactly, unless you're just stumbling into it now. Because even at the time, they were advertising the fact that that was a, a vampire mm-hmm. movie. And so while there is a decidedly, there's a, a turning point, the marketing was all about giving you the second half so you kind of knew what you're buying into yeah see i think it was ruined for that because i saw that like before i ever saw a trailer so i just thought it was like a Clooney like tarantino movie and then when that turn hit i was like what <laughs> what is happening right now so i had a very similar reaction to both oh, of cool. these movies so i i was pleased because while my wife was i didn't ask i didn't get into the weeds as far as what she was specifically enjoying about this moderately attractive frenchman probably Uh, a smart call but (laughs) you know i could see that if she was enjoying that uh quite a bit that she might turn against Mm -hmm. the film for obvious reasons because no more moderately attractive frenchman i have a review here that I, i think apparently was very bothered by this it was uh from the time posted on May 9th, 2002. So the the release a weekend here from uh, CNN.com. Review, sexually charged, unfaithful, false flat. The subtitle is Movie Hampered by Gear. Oh, That's it. oh Jesus. <laughs> Just coming after poor Richard Gear. <laughs> Not only gets cheated on in the movie, but like uh, ruined the movie as well. <laughs> Here's the opening to this, uh, because I think at that at that point in the film, it becomes Richard Gere's yeah. movie, or it becomes a, a different two-hander. It's a two-hander with him and Dine Lane. It's about the marriage, about their relationship, because no more Frenchman. Um, here's a quote. How can an actor who attempts to convey every conceivable emotion by quickly blinking his <laughs> eyes maintain a career for 25 years? Oh, my God! So, um... Jesus. I hate this person. Yeah, goodness. <laughs> I, I don't understand... Yeah, you know, we live in a time, uh, Dave, where you and I, and presumably this this person, uh, the people listening, because um, I assume we have a somewhat older crowd, because we've already attacked the youth for their uh, Pleasantville hatred of sex. <laughs> if they were listening, they're God now. <laughs> for their hand-holding and stargazing right. uh, for eroticism. Um, we we have we got to see the best in basketball. We got to see Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. We got to watch him. Uh, we're recording this the day before the Super Bowl, but I don't care. We got to see the greatest uh, in Tom Brady in football. So when the gods deem it uh, correct that you get to be the audience to greatness, like we've also had with Richard Gere <laughs> and his beauty, that, that silver fox, why why do you curse the gods for this, for this being presented to you? <laughs> further further review here dave and collect yourself because i know how i feel when someone brings in Pritchard gear i usually just kind of drift off i'm already defensive <laughs> the drooling begins unfaithful yet another soon to be forgotten richard gear vehicle is an overheated melodrama about a woman who strays from her monotonous husband only to force him into a nasty situation that cries out for multiple bouts of eye blinking was he misled 
I mean, my first issue is like, is this a Richard Gere vehicle? Would this, That's okay, like, yes. That, that was that my question, not, too. I mean, it is shocking when he becomes a more main character. Because, like, for the first hour of this movie, he's, like, barely there. And for good reason. My only issue with Richard Gere in this movie is maybe just the casting of him in general. Because they tried so hard in the first 30 minutes of the movie to make Richard Gere look unattractive. And schlubby. Uh, like, oh, let's put him in a bunch of big sweaters. It'll be fine. And every time I look at him, and even though, like, I did some research and he gained, like, 15 to 20 pounds for this movie to, you know, appear more like a regular guy, like a regular husband, he still looked like Richard Gere. Apparently, the, the director... <laughs> Also, every morning would leave donuts in his trailer to, like, fatten him up. Uh, he just constantly wanted him <laughs> eating so he wouldn't look like fucking Richard Gere. Like, Richard Gere is a beautiful, beautiful man. There's, like, no getting around that. So when I see when I see him at the beginning of this movie, I'm always like, really? You're going to – this this marriage is boring, this marriage to Richard Gere? I don't know. I think I'd sign up for that. Um, but one thing that I like is I guess one of the changes that they made. Originally, they were going to have – his character, you know, basically not be able to get it up, right? So that's why she strays. It's because they don't have a good sex life. But I like that instead, it's not it's not a thing where they have a bad relationship. So you have to do Diane Lane actually actually has to do some work to kind of get you on her side. It's not a very simple like, well, this guy's a jerk or he beats the shit out of her or he doesn't have sex with her or blah blah well, blah. Isn't that also somewhat sexist because do we ever like going back to fatal attraction mm-hmm. uh do we ever wonder uh why michael douglas is cheating on his attractive nope. wife nope like we don't think like oh she beats him <laughs> at home he has to feel safe in the arms of glenn close which would be <laughs> maybe that's a better movie actually just see michael douglas get the shit how out extreme of would that night. be that glenn close is the safe secure one that you need to be around <laughs> right right <laughs> comfort so yeah, I, I re- I'm really glad that they they uh, stripped that out of the the script. That, that you know they leave it in the the character of Connie played by Diane Lane. That it's just a, a choice. It's a choice that right. um, is not great, um, it, especially if you're the husband or you're a member of her family. But I don't think they need to give us really the hard sell right. on. I mean, there's even a sequence in the film where she imagines if she had just gotten in the cab. Yeah, and I, I, what I like about it is uh, your life would still be pretty good. It's not like, it's not because there's a murder that takes place. That's like, Oh God, just giving back to boring existence. It's an acceptance that she made a choice when her life, uh, there wasn't necessarily any sort of problems there, but just because she wanted right. to, just because she wanted to fuck that guy. Right. That, and that's it. That's all you really need to know. And I, I think that as much as I've attacked his looks, the French guy. I mean, we, we he's not in apparently these dumpy sweaters that you're attacking Richard <laughs> Gere for being in, which I don't totally understand necessarily. Um, yeah, I think there's a little bit of that in play because even in this CNN review, it, it says, surprisingly, Gere dwells in the background for much of the picture while Diane Lane as his sexually supercharged <laughs> wife. Meaning a woman who likes sex. That's that's all they're saying. It's like <laughs> I didn't get the impression from Diane Lane's Oscar-nominated performance, apparently, that she was sexually supercharged, make, just like constantly so, on the prowl. so angering to me. I can't even tell you. Like, that's the most sexist part right there, is that they, they make a point in this movie to make you know that she's not supercharged. The first sex scene that she has with him she like is like almost having a panic attack in that sequence Mm, and she can't calm down and she even says to him like i don't know how to do this i don't know how to do this anymore i can't just have like 
a tryst with somebody like I'm, you know, to her, she's like, I'm a, I'm a married woman. I can't, I don't, you know, I have a kid. I don't, I don't do this kind of thing. And, you know, his choice to kind of bring it out of her, it's pretty violent. It's like, just beat the shit out of me and then you'll, you'll get into it. And it, you know, it ends up working out. A little uncomfortable. I was like, I don't know about that. Um, but I actually think like you have mocked the, uh, moderately attractive Frenchman, but I think it actually, and they weren't planning this when the movie started, but casting someone with like an alluring accent, I think is really smart because in that way, like there's this quality to him that invokes the, the sexy mystery where he could just like look at her or like say three words and you're like automatically interested because it's because it's different and a little bit out there. So you're like engaged with her in that moment. And I think she plays that really well. Like he's not saying or doing anything inherently like over the top or sexually supercharged as this, <laughs> this horrible reviewer would call it. It gets but, worse, oh, Dave. God. All right. This is ahead. just three paragraphs in. Uh Diane Lane, as his sexually supercharged wife, repeatedly takes off her blouse and strips down to her panties. Lane's near-obsessive aversion to clothing, <laughs> while beneath her significant abilities as an actress, is the only commendable move in the entire film. Wait, are they saying that, like, nudity is beneath this woman? Is that what they're saying? Like, see, this is the anti-sex attitude that I'm seeing more now, and I'm very sad to see this existed beforehand, is this idea that, like, yes, there are... There are certain movies where you're like, okay, is the nudity really necessary here? Or is this just the male gaze? But this is a movie about an affair. This is about sex. So, like, it's not – it's not below her as a woman to be naked. Like, come on. This is (laughs) – The character doesn't have a near, quote, near obsession aversion to clothing. I I think that the clothing has to be removed for most most times when you're engaging in sexual activity. Right. This is just like – this is just infantilization of people where it's like, oh, how how dare they get naked? How dare they have a body? Like, it's like not every instance of nudity on film is someone being forced to be naked and put in a terrible position. I'm pretty sure when Diane Lane, Diane Lane signed up for a movie called Unfaithful, Unfaithful, she knew ahead of time there were going to be some nude scenes and she was okay with that. Like, let her have her agency and make that decision instead of being like, she's above this this sex nonsense. She should not be engaging with this on screen. Like, let the woman make a choice. Thankfully, the Academy also That's made a right. choice. That's right. No, no, no. For once! For More once! This, please. <laughs> For once! The, this is the only time I'll agree with the Academy. Good work, guys. <laughs> I don't know where I've, I've fallen here. I, I, you know, I've been trying to go back, uh, especially in 2020, uh, Dave, I was looking at my letterbox and I think I only watched like 45, 50, 2020 mm-hmm. films, which to a normal person, they're like, uh, yeah, that's like one a week. That's a lot, dude. Dumbass. <laughs> like that's, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you, you like movies, but we had talked about sort of at the beginning of the pandemic that it was a chance to sort of recalibrate, yeah. reset and, and dig into some older stuff, which I think eventually kind of brought about this podcast yeah. because, uh, on a podcast directed by, you know, it was uniform as far as director, but I found myself going back all over the place to like, what was going on in 2004? What was going on in spring 2004? Right. So I think 2002, I'll have to pull up my letterbox. I think I'm lacking mm-hmm. because my memory was, this is not to shit on Dine Lane again, God bless her, American hero. Uh, <laughs> that's before we know anything horrible comes out. Right. You know, I don't, the the dentist like and Jake's hammer moment. It's like, coming. Jesus. <laughs> I, I thought about, um, 
all of you uh, call me by your name, super fans, because I like Moonlight. Ooh. I was like, yeah, there's some good performances. You know, it was okay. Boy, it's not man. looking good. Like, go back to that Oscar. <laughs> well, apparently segment. now Chalamet and Guadagnino are making a movie about cannibalism, which I find very entertaining. I saw that. And I was like, you're not going to cast Army Hammer in this? The man is born to play the role. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no balls there. Um, although probably probably not the best good marketing call. at this point. Um, let me pull up uh, all these screens in front of me, and it still takes me <laughs> right. forever to, uh, to get the data on myself. Uh, what do I have in 2002 that I have logged? 13 films. 13. Um, not so great. Uh, for some reason, 2,027 films, 2,131 films. Uh, I do want to, you know, for the people at Carrier, which I know is uh, no one other than Dave, <laughs> uh, I've only used this account since beginning of 2019. Right. So this is within a two-year time frame. Right. Because um, these numbers would be far more terrifying if they were my life experience <laughs> of watching movies. Oh, could you imagine? Yeah, that would that would not be good. Yeah, I don't like that idea. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what I watched in 2002. I mean, there's, you know, well, 2002 is a pretty good year, actually. <laughs> 25th Hour, Adaptation, Punch Drunk Love, Catch Me If You Can. Catch Me If You Can, 25th Hour, currently my one and two. I was trying to look at other Best Actress contenders, and unfortunately the only thing I have on my list was Panic Room, uh, <laughs> which another genre piece, and I like Jodie Foster there, but would not have been nominee for me. Uh, the Good Girl, Jennifer Aniston, I seem to remember that getting some, it got, some uh, buzz. It got buzz for her uh, as Best Actress, and then just kind of faded and everyone was very sad for jennifer aniston once again she didn't have a near obsessive aversion to like clothing the key although there's sex in that film <laughs> we have found the key to unlock oscar voters apparently this one time in 2002 my uh let me, let me tell you a little let's get a little um into mike's you know sexual headspace All right. right now let's make things uncomfortable I like as it. we're trying to wrap up this episode because i told you uh, the last recording we did, I'm like, we might need to double back on that one because we didn't get it personal enough. So I'm challenging myself to bring the icky thoughts right. and then put it out there in people's earbuds. I've had a strange fixation. Uh, ignore the Scientology, which one must, on Erica Christensen. Oh, late. And I blame my wife. Fan of, uh, fan of Swim Fan? Is that a... Uh, was she in that? Swim okay. Fan is on this yeah. list. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I think I take her. And that top five, I was like, "Swim fan" to me is an iconic <laughs> character. <laughs> oh Jesus, Mike! I think, I think Adrian Lyne would be proud. I think he would you know, be a fan. The, uh, the Blink One Eighty Two of Adrian Lyne <laughs> yes. films, you know, the, the training. Wheels. Yes, I agree. That's, um, that's a good. But that I yet like with most things with my sexual hangups, uh, I have to somehow blame my wife so she can't uh, attack yeah, me fair. too much for straying in my mind. She's been like mainlining parenthood during the pandemic, and Erica Christensen's always in my face. Uh, yeah, and I think it's infected. Yeah, because I I did not previously have, I was not hip to swim fan as I'm saying <laughs> back in 2002. I was hip to Diane Lane, yeah. but I was not hip to swim fan. Interesting this is a midlife crisis. Usually it goes the other way around, but you know, you know, to each mm -hmm. their own. I was wondering since you have seen this movie numerous times, and this was a first time watch for me, yeah. like and. When when the when the twist I guess it's a twist I guess the the change happens right when you go from mm -hmm. this is uh, fun sex with a Frenchman uh, to now it's a murder and kind of a comedy of errors getting this body out of the apartment and the whole by the way the whole time that's happening I was like they're gonna find this body eventually just clean up your part of it and leave like you don't need to, <laughs> you don't need to wrap them in a rug and like just 
calm down, buddy. Uh, although it is fun watching Richard Gere struggle in that elevator. That is entertaining. That is a good point because what what would be the connection with None. Gear being in that apartment? None. Just wipe Why off your you? fingerprints and go, buddy. <laughs> like, what are you doing? And actually, it would have been better off if he had maybe looked around a little bit more for some, uh, you know, an address book or names or anything right. of that nature. But you know, I mean, look, he was snow globe crazy. <laughs> All right. Happens to the momentary lapse. Who among us, Mike? (laughs) Um, So I was wondering, like, when that moment happened, when he, you know, because he kind of, and I actually really like Gear's performance in this scene, uh, where Mm -hmm. he's like, he's like, I'm going to be sick. And I thought he was going to throw up. I thought he was going to throw up on this guy's shoes. And that's where we were going. But instead, he strikes this guy in the crown of the head on a snow globe. Uh, with the snow globe and the blood and the guy dies immediately. When that happened, when you first watched this, do you remember, you're, were you shocked by that? Because I was like, I like gasped. I was like, oh my, oh, I did not know we were headed this direction. I like, because he's very, he's presented as this schlubby guy who doesn't really act. Like he doesn't, he's not real powerful. I, so I, I hate all of this, much like I hate the review that uh, subtitled movie hampered by gear. I just said he was I, really Apparently good. back in 2002. <laughs> Just, had a deep respect for Richard Gere, and I distinctly because I watched this in theaters with uh, the girl I was seeing uh, at the time, and uh, I remember a funny comment coming out of that was she was like, "Well, I mean, I think that shows that you know we should never we should never cheat on each other." And I'm thinking, "Is that the you, message you, you got?" Happen? You think those of it like <laughs> like I'm no idiot, you know? When I'm in a windstorm, I, I'm going to know how to cover my tracks. That's like, right. If I, if I take you know shelter from the moderately attractive Frenchman, um, I I distinctly remember having that uneasy feeling. Not that I thought, oh, as soon as these two meet. Uh, a fight, a scuffle is going to take place, which I honestly think that's how it would play out in most films. Yeah. Uh, that there would be a physical altercation, <laughs> then an accidental death, so you wouldn't have to assign too much blame. He's like wildly polite, like you know, drinking vodka with the guy, like just let's talk this out. <laughs> As a gift from her. I don't know. Maybe, maybe she just wanted to buy me something. <sighs> she didn't buy this for you. I gave it to her. <sighs> I gave it to you, Mister. What? Look at this. I gave it. I'm feeling sick. I can't. You want some water? I'm feeling sick. I'm... I don't... I'm not well. I'm not feeling well. I'm not... I'm not feeling... Here's my issue with the moderately attractive Frenchman. He's like, he's got like a coat on, right? Uh huh. Yeah. And like, no shirt? Doesn't he yeah. just like pull the coat yeah. over? Just yeah. like, you know, let's not be obscene, but also I'm incredibly fit and you're schlubby here. <laughs> um, but he, 
has no fear whatsoever. He's kind of a dick about it. And like you're saying, like, it's, it's like, yeah, yeah well, like, she got what she well, needed, buddy. I was like, jeez. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you want the answers? I'll give them to you. Just, you know, black and white, as they were. Uh, and while some of it might be, hey, do you need, like, a drink of water? And he sees this man hyperventilating. Um, there's no space given. Yeah. There's, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm playing uh, deep safety. Yeah. On this, I don't want to throw up on my work. shoes, so I'm going to take a step back. <laughs> you know, th- this is fourth and twenty. I'm way back. You know, I'm not, there's no rush. Prevent on defense for, for my goodness. Yeah. Situation. So, <laughs> I, uh, I had that thought again, and um, yeah, maybe that speaks more to me that when people are having, um, <laughs> like, it's like. A very public, I don't like this. A public outburst of emotion that should be private. Uh, it makes me so uneasy that I will remove myself <laughs> from the situation. So, uh, but yes, as far as I, I'm, I don't want to say. I guess I'm proud of this this particular action, but I guess I was proud of the movie that they had gear. Even though he comes in with no intent to murder right. the man, he purposely does kill him. Oh yeah, like he. I mean, he hits him once and then goes. <laughs> Goes back again, like no, no, no. I mean, you've already crossed that <laughs> line, buddy. Let's, let's give go. you two of these. Go for it. Might as well finish the poor guy. I off. mean, he's <laughs> he is giving himself no outs as far as being right. a murderer. He's going to make sure that happens. So, uh, I I didn't have any issue with the uh, as we're saying the the twist, as it were. I I I felt like Diane Lane making that choice. They also have the husband make the choice right. here, right. and so there's no like, well, it was an accident, and you know he was upset, but he he pushed him over and. The Frenchman hit his head on the coffee table, and then he was like, I, I like that it was it was purposeful. Right, yeah, absolutely. And also, I also like, and I think this will kind of, if you're ready to, will kind of transfer us over to the, kind of the end of the episode, because it kind of leads into my choice. Because there's, there's something very specific that happens that reminded me of another movie, and it's the sequence where... You know, she's planning to, you know, meet her moderately attractive Frenchman once again and happens to run into a friend mm-hmm. or two um, at this at this diner, um, which is horribly awkward. And of course, and God, God love her. She still mm-hmm. finds a way to fuck even <laughs> even yep. in that circumstance. American she's hero. like, meet me in the bathroom. All right, let's go for it. Let's get it done. Um, but it is a very awkward sequence. And, you know, finally living up to my pompous movie cinephile stereotype i was reminded of a movie by david lean that is also about an affair called brief encounter um which also sexy trains that's right baby uh which is also strangely enough featured on hbo max um so we're gonna go back to the well once again (laughs) and by the way like shockingly i you know i got my hbo uh subscription and i didn't think i would use it that often but man it it comes up. They've got quite a few good movies on there. Um, you know, it's not it's not a Netflix thing where you really have to hunt. Like, there's a lot of good stuff on there. I've been enjoying that that subscription. No, I think they've they've kind of positioned themselves, maybe not purposely, <laughs> as the top dog for like a movie catalog content. Right. I don't know what their new uh, releases will be like. Although both you and I, I think our 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 favorite film of last year was Let Them yep. All Talk, which was HBO Max. I don't like when we agree that strongly. So I'm not going to shit talk them. Yeah, that's. Uh, it made me felt like an, I need to reassess that. I need to rewatch and see what's Watch, wrong. Watch, we'll both it. reassess it and move it out. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, this is one that uh, I I sent you a uh, text saying I'm making a point to watch this on HBO, not on the Criterion Channel. I subscribed to both. That was my victory. That's right. Was that I didn't have to go to Criterion, 
And if I'm being honest, it wasn't just purely an insult to you or Criterion. Uh, it's also the, as an Apple user, as we started this mm-hmm. conversation, uh, HBO Max. When I play something, it appears on that top yep. bar as far as what you're currently watching. Criterion still doesn't yeah. do that, so I they got to be separate. The they got to be channel. different. Like no, we're we're yeah. not included in. With just, all the the riffraff of of streaming, we are very separate, which makes well, sense. They better watch themselves because I think my renewal date's in <laughs> April, so uh, you're on notice. <laughs> Get it together, channel. Criterion. Yeah, so that's what we're going to be covering next time is a brief encounter, um, and strangely, uh, a much shorter movie than I expected. It's like a hundred minutes long, so something you can knock out pretty quickly. So if you want to take a look at Brief Encounter. It is available both on Criterion Channel and on HBO Max, uh, so be sure to check that out. 